0: The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Cold Sleather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Yeah! I am your host, cat You can find me at Riddikade on Twitter. You can find me at Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram.
1: South Carolina with Columbia down the way. <laughs>
0: And sound effects. Have you heard come from another, our, none other than our man in Brooklyn, one Agent Underscore Seventy, end on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Happy St. Patrick's Day, and we will be commemorating that
1: with a toast at some point during the show. But first, No Sleep Till <laughs> <Jim> Brooklyn. <laughs>
0: Which I feel like that's a shot from last last week's show because it was so long. But we're not going to talk about that. Because <laughs> holy hell, that was a long show. We're trying not to do pay, But there was a lot of news and a lot of books. So what can we do, folks? Um, tonight, though, we are going to get straight into it, actually. Because it is a the very much opposite of uh, a, uh, a a big book week. And we're going to start off with uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 92 dot B-E-Y, a.k.a. The Bay.
1: (laughs) A.k.a. The Beyonce Issues. Amazing Spider-Man number 92 dot Beyonce is written by a team of writers, Jed McKay, Cody Ziegler, and Zeb Wells. Art is by a team of artists, including Luigi Zagaria. Bruno Oliveira, Fran Galan, and Mark Bagley with Wayne Foucher on inks. Um, uh, what is this? Is this CA? I think this is a typo. Color artists. Uh, yeah, color artists. Yeah, color artists. Espen grundet and Carlos Lopez, Jim Campbell, Jim Haralambidis. Wow, all the Greeks, man. I know there's a lot of names on this book. Shh. Shout out to the Greeks, Jim Haralampidis and Maury Hollowell. And letters by, of course, our Lettering Mm -hmm. Paisan, V.C.'s Joe Caramagna.
0: Oh, yeah, I did say V.A. That's not voice actors. It is color artists. (laughs) I stopped. I stopped. I was like, what? Uh, Yeah. No, I just just noticed that when you said that. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's what I get for Russia. This is
1: what we get when we copy notes off each other, folks. You got to do our own work.
0: Yeah, I know, right. But yeah, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of names on this book. Uh for the, Right, the,
1: well because of the story, so here's the thing, here's the deal, right? So this is the pen ultimate issue mm-hmm. of the beyond storyline in the Amazing Spider-Man. So this issue uh essentially deals with several of the supporting character storylines that have been sprinkled throughout this book, so that I believe the ultimate issue of the book, the final issue of the book of this volume of Amazing Spider-Man before they relaunch, is you know uh, that that's going to be basically uh, Ben Riley and Peter Parker, you know that's yes. going to be it, with possibly like a little bit of the the Slinger story that we see in this issue also.
0: Right, is like you said uh, before we uh, started recording. It, it does seem like they're setting up uh, a, a potential other uh, story, which I wouldn't be so I, I I wouldn't be mad to see if it if it does end up happening. Um, right. So the first right. So so
1: you know we, we'll tag team this because there's three there's three stories in here, right? Mm-hmm. So the first the first kind of mini story that's in this issue involves the daughters of the dragon Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. And uh, Dr. Michael Morbius dealing with what we initially thought, right? Spoiler alert for last week's issue, Mm -hmm. right? What we initially thought was a transformed Dr. Kurt Connors, but we find out that is not the case. You know, we're actually left with the initial idea that something really bad happens to Doc Connors during this, uh, you know, during this opening. Mini story, right. right? This opening third of the book, right? And I will hand it off to Roddy Cat. Uh, when we move to actually, you know what? It's more than three sections. I think there's mul- There's like four sections in this well, book. Well,
0: right? technically, the, technically the main story's kind of got a couple of it, it, it's got a couple of them, and then yeah, it's like three epilogues or two or three epilogues at the okay. At so end of it. right, so
1: so we'll just deal with it in sections. I won't call it thirds anymore. So that first section <clears> was the Daughters of the Dragon and Doctor Dr. Michael Morbius or Morbius, right? Mm-hmm. And so we know that they're trying to set up Morbius as in, in a more heroic role with the with the Sony movie. Uh allegedly coming out at some point soon, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'll hand it off to Rodicad to deal with the next story section.
0: So if you're watching the video version, you see uh, the cover of the book, which I'll, I'll be honest, I kind of want to go get a physical copy of this because I feel like this is a full circle thing because if uh, fans of Monica Rambo may or may not know, especially if you're of a, a certain vintage, uh, Monica Rambeau started off in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man, uh, specifically um, Annual Number Sixteen, uh, is where she where she came about, where she got her powers, and maybe have been may, might have been uh, had the, the had her name uh, Captain Marvel taken. But anyway, that's the point. So the, the the next part of this issue comes into the fact of at the of um, as the Dragon said that hey, they've been working with Monica Rambeau um which by the way on that first part didn't seem like it needed to i feel like they didn't need to to put that part in this issue but i get where they were going because they were basically just transitioning into this part but at the same time it was like okay so they gave us a cliffhanger in that last issue just to kind of give them one or two pages and then get them out of the way um but anyway like i said the 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 crux of this uh the next display of north photo sorry has to do with uh, monica rambeau uh we get some some backstory some history into her with uh with the adventures as she's um doing some internal monologue as she's going through this um uh um i guess she's in a flood she is in the same place uh that that staten Island beyond uh, corporation the uh building that everybody was in and she's kind of going through it, and she comes af- and she comes across uh, an old member of Next Wave, aka um, uh, Aaron Stack, one Machine Man, which apparently is we find out in the spoiler alert is not the real Machine Man in this. I'm not sure what that, that exactly means uh, in this context, but I guess it kind of makes sense given how Next Wave was portrayed. Say what? Yeah, is it because it, he machine he she she comes across Machine Man. Um, no, no, no. Well, how is he not the real Machine Man? Because he he's talking it. about. He says it. He
1: says I'm no, not the. He... What's that? Well, is that a result of the Iron Man
0: 2020 storyline? I don't know. That's just it. I didn't read that. That's
1: what I was gonna say because I read it and I don't. Well, obviously I probably skimmed it. You know, folks. You know, we always
0: apologize for not remembering <laughs> all the details. Right. But I mean, we read was... a lot of books. Exactly. See, that's the that's what I'm kind of wondering about because he was like. Because they they referenced uh, that that uh, Iron Man twenty twenty story, but I didn't right. ever read it, and I do. The only thing I remember is like he was with Jocasta at the time, and I do recognize that part. But then he says something like, "Well, I'm not the real Machine Man," or something like that. And I'm sitting here like, I don't know what that actually means in context of all of this. But regardless, they basically go off and, and try to. Um, they they basically. Um, Disrupt the um, the, the the, bomb corporation, including giving a nice little "tell, uh, tell Cersei it was me" moment that Monica gives uh, Maxine danger, which I thought was pretty right. cool. Um, Just to kind of keep things on, on the short. But yeah, so they they pretty much disrupt that, and it sounds like that might be leading potentially leading into a next wave miniseries or something. The way they set it up, probably, probably. Yeah. You know, it's hard to you know, given the market, given the state of comics
1: today. What used to be more likely a, uh, uh, an ongoing series is almost certainly going to be a lead into you know like if if we get teased into anything it's going to be a limited series right that's, what you mean, that's the, just that just seems to be the that seems to be the trend right and 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 I just wanted to kind of comment mm-hmm. on that before we moved on you know right. like it's rare it's much rarer that we uh, are teased into the beginnings of a, right. of an ongoing. It's much more likely that we're being teased into a miniseries. Right.
0: If you, if, I, if I say this before I say it again, if you haven't read Next Wave, you should. It's a, it's a real bonkers kind of story, but it definitely is a beyond. Like, if, you, if you've if you read this and be like, beyond is kind of silly. Yeah, you should read. Um, you should definitely read Next Wave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out there on Marvel Unlimited. I'm pretty certain. So, but anyway, uh, so which it leads is. us into the next, uh, which actually is, I think leads us into the uh, epilogues, if I'm not mistaken. The, uh,
1: no, I don't think so, because the, the last... um, I don't see the I don't see the the notation that it's an epilogue. It's it, we follow up with oh, the one of Goblin the Queen. employees of the Beyond Corporation that right. we were following throughout the storyline.
0: I thought okay, I thought that was one of the epilogues. Okay.
1: Oh no, because it doesn't have like the, the word epilogue right. written. Like I literally was just flipping to it. Sure. So it's actually just the, the next part of the story. And uh we're following um Oh,
0: that's what's right. this dude's name. Doug. It's
1: Doug. No, Sierra Yeah, Sierra yeah, Doug Siravanta. Mm. So we're following his exploits. And, you know, he's about to uh you know get canned from the beyond corporation because of all the screw-ups that we kind of followed along you know that that we kind of uh, read along with uh mm-hmm. during the course of the storyline and it turns out the tables get turned
0: at the end of that little at the end of that little story some timely intervention let's say right right um but yeah okay yeah cuz now i remember cuz cause, yeah, cause the the last part of the story is the next uh is with the next bit, if I'm not mistaken, because it was that's when Maxine's like, "Hey, um, Slingers, I got a job for you," and and mm-hmm. pretty much sets him up against uh, Ben, and that was that ends the uh, quote unquote the main story, right? So, right, 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 right. I'm like, yeah, so, she was she was bad about that. Yeah, but you know what what'd you expect? I was her like, no, oh, that's just wrong, man. Right. They're gonna they're gonna do that to poor Hobie, right? And even Hopey was like, oh, snap. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. yep. Right, so then we that. get to the first epilogue. Mm-hmm.
1: All Right. and that first epilogue deals with the Goblin Queen. And then the second epilogue, and it's only a page, so mm-hmm. the second epilogue deals with what I was talking about earlier when we were kind of worried about the well-being of one Dr. Kurt Connors, and it turns out we didn't really have to be. Right.
0: Yeah, it seemed kind of it seemed kind of weird, even in the the main story. is like so that's that's just how that happens, huh? this is going to just splat, and you know, splat goes Doc, Doc. But yeah, right. like like you said, nope, that's not. We find um, I like. I'm curious what this is setting up. Is like is going to be a team up? But I was going to say. Hold on. I
1: was about to say, hold on for a second. I'm going to ring the spoiler bell here.
0: Mm-hmm. Right,
1: because this is the very last page of the book, so yeah. we don't necessarily want to spoil people. So, fast forward like a good minute or so, or 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 you know, cover your ears, post spoiler belt, because we're going to have a little bit of a possible spoiler discussion. In three, two, one. All right, spoilers incoming for uh, this ninety two Beyonce issue of Amazing Spider Man. So, what I was thinking. Is that they're teasing? Maybe a Doctor Connors appearance in the Morbius movie by setting this up in the comics.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, it's possible as we've seen. I'm just saying. I'm no, just saying. Like, yeah. I, no. Like, you know, there's
1: no point in us like guessing. But it seems like, oh, you know, it seems like a natural combination. Like, you know, the the the. The 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 scientists who became uh, uh, unfortunately monsters as a result of their self experimentation, right? But and you ahead. know it's like a common it's like a common theme between them. So you know with the Morbius movie coming out, maybe you know maybe they're 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 trying to set up a comic book. Uh, you know, talk about um, the movies
0: possibly influencing the comics. Sad but true. But the the thing I guess I'm more more directly curious about is what are they trying to set up in the comics for if if that is even the case uh, for the movie part like like are they going to put them in the next uh, volume is this going forward into the next volume of uh, of Amazing Spider Man that we know is coming up is this going are they going to come up somewhere else. Like, are they going to get their own? Like, yeah. Mint, we don't uh, know. Yeah. Series? We don't know. It's
1: just a tease. Yeah. It's just a tease. It's just that I, I wanted to take that a little further. Right. Given the character, given that Morbius has a movie coming out.
0: Right. I mean, that's like, like I said, that's just as plausible as anything. And as, mm-hmm. as we've seen in anything that they have definitely, uh, married the, the, the movies to the comics more, uh, closely mm-hmm. nowadays, which I kind of dislike, but absolutely. It, it is a possibility. um, I know you mentioned the, the thing about the, the Goblin Queen. That's also setting up something else. I'm assuming probably something for a later Spider-Man story. I don't. We don't know because, like I said, that page we saw with her kind of monologuing and seemingly possibly going after Norman Osborn. Norman. So, which I guess makes some Sorry, sense. Sorry, folks. That was a city slicker reference. <laughs> Norman. Nice. Um, so we don't know. You know what that what's going on with that but it, that seems more logical than thing that I guess as, as logical as anything they're doing with that thing with Doug I, I assume yeah who who knows we'll we'll see see that character who kind of sounded like Kanye but basically like the, this this whole thing just wrapped up oh yeah you uh, could tell that was Ziggler yes definitely you could tell that was
1: Ziggler I was like stop speaking like that <laughs> oh stop writing like that oh <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I mean I mean you know, what was is... great about what was great about that the you know because there's no letters column right right but at the end of this issue, there is a note from the editor, mm-hmm. and it does lay out or the assistant editor in this case, and it does lay out who wrote what section, so we right. know that that was Ziegler's writing on that that doug s uh Srivantan um which and, we'll call that story
0: right. and I'm sitting here like, yeah, we, we kind of you could kind of if you've been paying attention, you kind of could figure that out already <laughs> but... <laughs> Because uh, that is his character that he made, you know, in, during oh the course of gosh. this whole this whole thing. And I'm sitting here like, why does he sound like Kanye, but also no, like you, like so you said, I'll I'll let's like, finish, <laughs> right? I'm just like, really, <laughs> this is what we're doing, huh? Oh boy. So okay, yeah. so but that's that that's it for
1: Amazing Spider-Man number mm-hmm. ninety two. Dot Beyonce, we are almost there, folks. And like I always joke. Since the beginning of this beyond fiasco, and it was a fiasco, they would find a way to keep myself and Roddy
0: Cat reading this the whole way through. Yep, you you throwing the Daughters of the Dragon, and you throw in uh, Auntie Monica, and you 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 yeah
1: right, and you, you keep teasing
0: us with just enough Peter every mm-hmm. week or two. Yeah, they 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 found a way to do it. Congratulations!
1: <laughs> 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 all right, all right, President Bartlett. What's next?
0: Let me see what you actually. I never did see what you. Oh, good. You know what? Let's keep this in line. Yeah, we only. Have, yeah, we have three books in common, and I have two books that I've read on my own. Sounds good. So we'll just go down the line. Avengers number fifty-four. All righty. Uh, Avengers number fifty-four
1: is written by Jason Aaron, with art by Juan Fregary, colors by David Curiel,
0: and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Ah, uh, you gotta gotta love it when they keep it simple. <laughs> um, so I I guess I was expecting this, but I wasn't expecting this. this is pretty much the end of the Death Hunters um uh, uh prelude, I guess it was, which is cool, which is good, but also kind of a bummer because you figure, all right, they're going to end this section and then go into the next section. Apparently, that's not the case. As 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 Jason Aaron is want to do, we're getting getting another interlude after after this um after this uh after this issue. Um so we basically see Oh, I just wanted to, 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 to put this out here real quick before we get into it real quick. When was the last time you saw a speech bubble on the unfortunately this this um this on the uh, cover? Yeah, on the cover. Unfortunately, this cover I ended up getting does not have said speech bubble. But it's been a long time since I've been a speech bu- bubble on the title of a uh, on the cover of the um, of a book. Yeah, I I want to say it hasn't been that
1: long for me, mm-hmm. but it's you know I I noticed this. They actually mentioned it
0: on um, Marvel's Pull List podcast this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, dang, it's been a minute for me, because that used to be a thing, for folks who did not know, this. that used to be a thing that uh, used to happen a, a lot back in the day. It was like, you, you know, you had the name of the title of the book, and it's usually in the speech bubble. That's, you know, like, what if famously kind of did that. You know, uh, right. You know. But anyway, into the into the uh, story proper, uh, this is pretty much uh, the Avengers are coming back together after uh, the, the mountain gets, um, gets exploded, uh Namor and and Black Panther get a taste of uh, Secret Wars. I don't know if you paid it, you paid attention to that part. Say again. The uh, uh Namor and Black Panther get a taste of Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars.
1: Oh yes, I did catch that.
0: Mm-hmm. I did catch that. The original,
1: the OG, the cover of uh Marvel Superhero Secret Wars number
0: 4. Mhm. Mhm. Okay, okay. So up something, but we pretty much get the the uh, the Avengers starting to come back together. Thor has got some still dealing with some some mommy issues, but he comes into a new power set, which I'm assuming has not shown itself in the pages of Thor. Right. So here's the thing, and these are minor spoilers for
1: Thor. I know that Roddy Cat is not reading Thor, okay. even though I keep <laughs> trying to get him to read it. I can't even get him to read Hulk Future Imperfect, and that's only two hey. issues. Shots fired! So, Thor has been a pretty good ride under Donny Cates. Right? There's been a little bit of... Okay. There's been a lot of retconning. Okay. There's been a lot of retconning. You know, dealing with the origin of Mjolnir and so on and so forth. However a recent issue of Thor dealt with the traditional heritage of Thor. That being Odin being his birth father, but his birth mother is not Frigga, but is instead Gaia, the goddess of earth, right? The embodiment of oh, earth. okay. That's the, that's what it is in mythology. Right. Right. That's what it is in mythology. That's what it's been in the Thor comics for a long time. Right. And now they're, Messing with it in, the, in, in, in these pages, right, by saying that possibly, under Aaron's watch, possibly the phoenix had something to do with it. Right. There might have been, like, an infusion of phoenix power, that's my guess, but I still think Gaia is the, 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 the actual mother, as mm-hmm. it were. Right, but but Thor is no stranger to having multiple mothers in the sense that Frigga is the one that raised him, mm-hmm. or Freya, you know, right. is the is the goddess that raised him. But Gaia gave, um, Gaia gave birth to him. Right, so maybe the Phoenix had another part of his, you know, had a hands in his creation.
0: Let's put right. it that way, like like maybe she was the surrogate or I guess Gaia was the surrogate or one of them was the surrogate. We don't know. Or, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. The other.
1: We don't know. There might've been just like an infusion of DNA through cosmic power. Yeah, right. We don't know. We don't know. That's, that's going to be a story point that Aaron's going to explore. But like I said, if I could actually show Roddy cat, the page in four, where Thor is literally tapping into the power of Gaia
0: for help. Gotcha. Like literally in Kate's run, like like within the last like last week's Thor, I think. Right, and in this case, he's tapping into the Phoenix uh, 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 Force, the, the Phoenix part right. of his heritage in uh, the codes. Right. So. Right. So we don't know. We don't know. Roddy Cat could be right. There could be like a surrogacy
1: thing here. We don't know. Right. So. But in any event, you know, yeah. moving on from that, we have the Masters, the multiversal Masters of Evil. You know, uh, continuing to put their machinations in play um the avengers do regroup and essentially fend off these multiversal masters of evil um and and uh try to pick up the pieces of
0: uh, avengers mountain oh man steve and so and we also so i kind of wonder if there was a reckoning war tie-in with one, one part of it because we see um a conversation between uh mephisto and doom above all over the watcher's eye i don't i don't think that's actually the case but i'm just saying you know it 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 happened to be weird that i I, that was a weird thing that i totally forgot about happened in the pages of avengers where ill that's all i'm gonna say about this and then you know they they do something with the eye and then just drop it uh and thank goodness the orb is not in the picture anymore which they deal with him i guess he's gonna get fished up some kind of way in the next few issues. But nevertheless, um, the Watcher's Eye kind of comes into play for a second and then they all leave, like I said, leaving the Avengers to kind of regroup uh, for what's next. But at the end of this issue, or I'll put it this way, at the the, the coming next issue, we don't get the continuation of this. We pretty much get another storyline that's going back into a storyline that we thought probably should be left alone. (laughs) <laughs> personally this is well, me personally I, speaking yeah i mean i think that
1: this is all like you know kind of like a precursor to the judgment day thing right
0: right like this right? is pretty much an interlude and it's gonna go into that and then it get back to yeah you know. exactly 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 mm-hmm. so
1: um the the celestial you know the um the the uh the regrouping part right mm-hmm. so you know as as the biggest Captain America fan on the panel, I I I reveled in
0: the sequence. Yes. You can call me Captain Roger. I know, right? I thought about this like, damn and Steve like like you don't piss you it takes a lot to piss off Steve and be like, No, you're gonna be formal with me now, Joker. <laughs> And I was like, oh, snap. And even Namor was like, damn, I thought, you know, I thought uh, T'Challa, you were going to be the one that was going to be hard to convince. So like, <laughs> like, you fucked over well, Steve Rogers. You know you you fucked up. Well, <laughs> well, what's funny, what's funny is that,
1: right, the thing between, and this is the way I, I, I interpreted it, mm-hmm. is that Namor and T'Challa interact with each other on a king-to-king basis. Right. They were never friends. True right so so without you know having between them exactly exactly but it's still a king to king you know like one rival king to another Mm -hmm. right you know and obviously they've done battle together before on you know as avengers but not the way captain america and namor have and that's why cap that's why he that's why cap takes that forgive my french folks that's why Cap takes that shit personally.
0: <laughs> well, I don't imagine all it would, that. right. And I would imagine like, it all of also trails, all of the, like, I'm against the surface world again right. now, you know, right. It was all the stuff that happened in the Avengers plus the stuff that happened in the, uh, in the invaders. Right, uh, that that's uh, Grant, that's a while ago at this point. But yeah, all of that kind of plays. Into well, it's this. only a while ago to us. Right, <laughs> it's a while ago to us in publishing terms. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, because they don't know how long it was in in the the universe's mm-hmm. reality. So, but yeah, but nevertheless, it was it was still a at some, it was at a point in the past. Um, so yeah, Steve's like, no, you're here to you're you're here to atone. You call me Catherine Rogers. Peace. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that is—I guess that is his. <laughs> that's about his official when He's going to get on the Avengers at this point. You
1: know, it was his. It was his spin on Sydney Poitier. You know, rest in peace. Right. Right. You know, so you can call me Captain Rogers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was crying when I read that. I was like, oh, yeah, because I was like, oh, damn. All right, Steve, my <laughs> <Steve>, Like, <shoot. laughs> like and, the, and 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 and. Juan for Gary drew that
1: sequence yeah. so very well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. That so. was very well depicted on pa- on the page. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, that's that's just uh, you know that's Avengers number fifty four. Mm-hmm. I I did enjoy reading this. I felt like this you know this issue was long in the making in the sense that we really needed to see some of this some of these relationships get. Uh, reach a new point, right? You know, the 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 echo and Thor stuff was just kind of annoying for the for a couple of issues, and obviously, Roddy Cat was never happy that Namor was back running around with the Avengers. But now we see how they're able to um,
0: reconcile, right? To a to a certain extent with him, right? At least, hey, look, you're here now. Deal with it. Type, type and we situation.
1: need no, no, we, you're here now, and we need you. Well, right? yeah. we know. You know, and we know that we need you because this is going to get really bad before it gets better. Right. That's really what name. That's what. That's what T'Challa is telling
0: him. Right. Like we need every soldier we can get. Right, and then there's a little bit with Star Brand, which they hadn't still hadn't addressed what's fully going on with that. But I suspect when, when they get back around to it, they I guess they might. So
1: right, they're teasing. Right, they're teasing that uh, the nature of the Star Brand power might be a fatal one.
0: Right, which still kind of seems familiar, because I feel like th- there was an uh, Avengers story from a few years back that kind of hit similar beats for the, for, from a different angle, I guess. But it, I guess that doesn't matter, because remember when they had that, uh, the new Captain Britain? Uh, um, this was years ago at this point, I don't know. Uh, who who chose the sword? And then they had her for a little while, and I can't even remember what happened with that. But Oh, yeah, it was like Lionheart or something? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like this is a, kind of a similar story in that, except for kind of going, obviously, cosmically and a little differently because of, you know, the whole aging up thing. But either way, this is where we at. This is where we are
1: with right. this. I feel like, I was, I was about to say, I feel like maybe that start, that, that part of the Star Brand—I'm sorry—I was refilling my water. I feel like that element of the Star Brand power may have been part of the original New Universe concept. I don't think it was. Okay, well, maybe they're adjusting it. We don't know, but you know, I don't—I don't think
0: that New Universe stuff is available on Marvel Unlimited, right? I, you know what—I don't think so. I can look, but I don't think so either. I was about to say I could—I could check as well. Like I, I saw, I saw and... a listing for DP Seven, but I don't know if the if the books are actually out there. So.
1: You know, forgive us, folks. We're actually going to do a little bit of homework know, right, right, right now. We're going to do a little bit of research and we're going to confirm whether or not this is something that is available for us to take a look at because I'd be interested to Google that, you know, and then see if the books are out there to see right. if. Um, uh, so is it Star Brand? Right. Because I remember seeing those books out on the stands back in the day. I have a bunch of those books. Oh, it's there. Is
0: it? Oh, nice. Because yeah, because I remember there, twenty I, issues. Okay, yeah. Because I remember going to look um, because I wanted to kind of uh, reread like DP seven and one of those other books. Um, so yeah, Starbrand. According to the according to the entry
1: here, ran for twenty issues from nineteen eighty six to nineteen eighty nine. Right. So it is absolutely on Marvel Unlimited. I have it up on my iPad now. Holy cow!
0: Okay. I remember sense.
1: owning like a couple of issues here and there, just because I probably picked them up at random, mm-hmm.
0: and you know, like maybe my dad picked it up for me when we were at the comic store. Just like picked it up to here. Add this to your pile or something, you know? Right. I think I'm almost fairly certain. Like my brother was reading like Mercs, which is kind of like the the Punisher, like, quote But mm. so for those that don't know, the new universe was basically Marvel's attempt to make a new universe to where. It was more grounded in reality, but they still have like people with powers because of this thing, mm-hmm. because of this event called the White Event, that we found out that was caused by the Star Brand, um, who who pretty much, um, I guess, seeded that universe with with stuff. Right. So it was right, so there ulti- was some good stuff. So ultimately,
1: we're you know we're 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 left wondering if this isn't a carryover. That's right. what it is. You know, we're, we're not we're not sure if this is a carryover concept.
0: From well, because we Star know, right? Because we know the Starbrand came in with Jason. Uh, uh, excuse me, Hickman's uh, Secret Wars, and it was Starbrand and Nightmask, Night, Nightmask, or at least new versions of them, and they right. hadn't really do that did that much with them, with the exception of having them on the Avengers team at that time,
1: right? And then Aaron, right? And then Aaron's Aaron's. Oh no, he had the Ghost Rider do something to him, right? Remember, kill. Yes, yes. Right, right, right. And mm-hmm. that's what started the whole 1 million BC thing, you know, the whole, right. like, uh, starting the concept of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, like I said, uh, you know, forgive us for not knowing this, but hey, not everybody read the New Universe stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and this is a long, this is from a long time ago that Hickman and now Aaron have been kind of mining uh, uh, for, for this character. So, we, you know, we're not sure if that, if the new developments that we found out about the Star Brand, the, the the baby now teenager Star Brand, um, in this in this issue, right. uh, whether or not that's a carryover, but right. we'll find out hopefully in the future. But we'll, we'll move on from, next.
0: Well, from what I remember, I from what well, about to say, from so one of the from what I remember from the New Universe from the, the Star Brand is it, that there definitely was no aging up that I remember because the, the original person was a full grown adult when it got it right Uh, but it might be what what i was gonna say is it might be life force altering it wasn't at the time but okay that's what that's what i'm saying i'm not sure yeah like, like I think the, I'm that's sure what they're implying I'm, here. Right. I am sure you know, enough like, about that part. I'll put it that way. But yeah, like I said, there could have been something to it that I didn't that I don't remember, but right. I do remember. Right, that's what they're yeah, I was about to say
1: without spoiling I've already spoiled it really. Yeah. But okay. that's what it seems like they're implying is that there's some there's some connection case. between like the use of the Starbrand brand and like the depletion of life force. Right. Or so, or longevity, that is. So Yeah,
0: like I said, it could be another series of retcons, but we can move on uh, from, from yeah. this to... Yeah, President Bartlett. What's next? We know what's next. It's Reckoning War, Trial mm-hmm. of the Watcher
1: Number 1. It's written by Dan Slott, with art by Javier Rodriguez, and letters by our favorite lettering python, V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. I love so this issue. I'll, 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 what's that? I love this issue. It was great. So, I will start off, but I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat um, in a moment. Uh, so... If you are not keeping up with the Reckoning War in the pages of the Fantastic Four, you're missing out on a pretty fun story so far. You know, there's been a lot of cool things happening here that Slot has followed up on. Um, he, you know, he's following up on lots of uh, stories that have been flowing through his Fantastic four run, but there are some newer concepts that he's involving also. Namely um this this uh issue of the um
0: uh the pro the prosilicans, right? Yes. Uh henceforth right. so called the reckoning, but yes. He's, what's that? I say henceforth called the reckoning, but yes, that's where their their right. original name was. Yeah, that's what their original name was.
1: So you know basically not redconning them but basically reviving these characters from a you know decades long dormancy and bringing them back so uh the you know th- this is just a revival of uh, you know uh, a certain set of characters that had not seen the light of comic book day in a long time and now uh you know th- these characters have been tied into the events of um uh, the the events of the current day and the and, and the Fantastic Four, and we we it's been revealed that the Watchers had um, a hand in the ProSilicans rise to power and also the the eventual defeat and exile of the ProSilicans. But now uh, this issue deals with you know as the title says, it's not really a spoiler: the trial of the Watcher, in this case Uatu, and. The story is framed in a pretty novel concept. And this is where I'm going to hand it off to Roddy Cat, because this is where a lot of the fun starts off.
0: Indeed. In fact, um, so yeah, so um, Uatu goes to his people and says, hey, we were the ones responsible for giving the reckoning their weapons and and." Giving, giving them their technological events and and now they're back, so we need to kind of inter intervene and and uh, you know stop them because of the events of of uh, what's going on in Fantastic Four. Um and apparently Watch's father and the, the other members of the like, like, uh, no, you're the one we're, we got to we got to deal with here. So they strap him down and pretty much um, send him into a what if. Uh, by watching, the very first time that we know of that he has—well, excuse me, yeah—the very first time that we know of that Uatu has interfered in the affairs of earthly matters, and that was so. Hold hold
1: that. I was gonna say, hold that thought. Okay,
0: right? Because I think you might have just mentioned it, but I was
1: I was looking at something else. Mm. They frame this in a novel way, right? They actually—it's such a meta-textual comment where. The other watchers are like, hey, man, we know what you do. We know that you look into the nexus of all realities and go through all of these alternate realities. And that's essentially what he's been doing in all the what if issues right. that you've is been eating saying, yeah. since the 70s and 80s. Right. So it's a great, it, like I said, it's a great metatextual reference. Like, oh, that's a nice little framing device.
0: Yes. Go ahead. So, um, but yeah, so, so we, we basically go back, uh, and, and get, um, this is where the trial starts where he's like, um, well, no, if this, if, the, if, if, if it wasn't for my help, then X, Y, Z, what'd happen? And then the watch dad is like, well, keep watching. <laughs> if you didn't intervene, it basically is the, it is the, as it says in here, the ultimate, what if if what if the watcher has not had not intervened which i felt like was a what if issue at one point but i don't remember um i doubt it but um i kind of want to want to go see if they're out there on um uh, marvel unlimited but that's the same thing so we go through the events of the um the the fantastic fours meeting with the the, the first uh meeting with galactus and the silver surfer and how they handled it without the intervention of uatu but all the time was like see if i didn't do this then you know they're surely gonna, about to go into ruin is like and then you watch his dad's like nope keep watching here's how it happen like yeah they got bruised up or whatever but they came out on the other end of the better without spoiling the the actual story um but it was such a good framing mechanism and i can't help but think that um somehow they're go- they were going to tie this into the uh the animated series uh, what if with this in in some sort of way, which they didn't, but you know, I, I feel like there's there is some tie with them explaining why the trial is set up the way it is, as Agent Seventy just said, you know, in, in the framing mechanism before this, I can't help that, uh, that that's something that's not tied to that or that is tied to that, rather So it's a great read, that's all I, I'm going to sit here and say, if you ever get a chance to uh, check this out uh, you should especially if you are a fan, if you kind of know what's going on in fantasy Four, one, two, one to a fan of the what if issues, because it's like this is, as the thing says, a a definite, quote unquote, ultimate what if scenario that was presented here and the way it was resolved or, or the way it went down. And, and as and, and as we said earlier,
1: this is a definite tie in to the Reckoning War story, because you know while this while the bulk of the issue is this you know grand what if story it is still kind of bookended by uh the events that would intertwine with the reckoning war so i would say this is actually a pretty informative issue mm-hmm. and if you're looking to um stay on top of the reckoning war stuff this is a one this is a one shot i think that is required reading
0: yeah i would say so um um, yeah, we definitely don't get anything um, having to do with what's actually going on in the pages of Fantastic Four. Like the, it gets alluded to or whatnot, but in, and even at the end of this, you know, we we see the appearance an unseen appearance, um, <laughs> which was like ha ha. I see what you did there. Um, uh, that is going into the next uh, um issue of uh, Fantastic Four. So. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, great reading. That's, that's all I will say about that. But this is a click of the week for me. Sounds good.
1: Same here. All right. So, I think we can get into Rapid Fire. I do have another book that I read, a DC book, the Nightwing book this week. But oh, that's okay, the only yeah. thing I have to add to my list. So, if you want to go ahead um, while I just uh, jot in the creative team, feel oh, free.
0: Okay. I was about to say we can go Rapid Fire, but sure.
1: Nightwing number. 90. Oh, no, I mean, yeah. I was about to say you can go Rapid Fire, but just you oh. take the lead on the one. I'll spin it up. Okay.
0: I ain't got time to bleed. So I'm going to apologize in ahead because I'm good. Cause normally the reason why I have age of 70 to go first is so I can do some typing. Um, Oh, I was supposed <laughs> to say, if you need me listen, I'll go first. Yeah. It's okay. So listen,
1: I'll, I'll run through and I'll just add in the, uh, the credits for Nightwing. When I get to the book, I'm literally scrolling through my review copies as we speak. Oh, so oh. The first up is Eternals: The Heretic, number one. So this is a one shot that is that revolves around the Eternals book, and I sat and read this because um, it is it was a. Uh, A very Thanos-driven story and does not have a lot of the other Eternals, which sometimes mucks up the reading experience. So this book is written by the regular Eternals writer, Kieron Gillen, with art by, unfortunately, the recently deceased, Ryan Bodenheim. This book is dedicated to his memory. He passed away probably soon after finishing his work on this book. Uh, Art is also contributed by Edgar uh, Salazar. Colors are by Chris O'Halloran. And letters... O'Halloran, it's St. Patty's Day. And letters are by V.C.'s Clayton Cowles. So there's a bit of a retcon in this issue where uh, Thanos and Druig are working together and they encounter Druig's father who, I guess in the, the, the way the Eternals lineage has been set up, is essentially like the great uncle of Thanos in here. But basically... Uh, uh, this this uh this character called um. Oh my gosh, what is his name? Like it's not it's it's based on your uh uh uh, uh the the. Is it the Greek god or the Roman god Uranus? Uranus, Uranus,
0: uh, Uranus. Uranus.
1: yeah, Uran, uh, Uranus. Hold on, I got to pull it up. I wanted to, I wanted to get the uh, the credits for Nightwing up, but I'm just going to have to um, click to that in a second. Apologize, folks. Uh, computer's laggy today. It has been for two days now. Kind of sucks. Da-da-da. Eternals. I want to get this name right, folks, and I'm sorry for slowing down rapid fire to uh, single shot semi automatic. Here we go right so so basically it's almost like a Thanos light this character and uh, apologize folks right but he's essentially uh, portrayed as the original heretic of the eternals going against the programming of the celestials and um, you know, basically looking to take out um, all, all Uranos. Actually, it's not Uranus. Uh, Ura, uh, uh, that's the character's name, Uranos, not Uranus. So, um, so the b- b- bottom line is, he's sort of like the precursor to Thanos in a sense. Like uh, he has a different philosophy, not necessarily killing 50% of all life, but in the frame, uh, in in the frame, the, ref- the frame of reference of the Eternals killing all the deviants. And then after that, killing anything and everything that would be um, a threat to the uh, to the Eternals machine and the Celestials. So, you know, there's a reason why this character was dubbed the Heretic and basically put away in cold. Uh, lockup for a long time and uh, basically it's a long history lesson and a in a way for Thanos to see how things have gone for someone who had a similar plan that he you know a similar plan to his in the past and maybe learn from the mistakes of uh, somebody else who tried to do similar things uh, to what Thanos might be planning so that is the gist of this issue. Next up is Ten Lives of Wolverine, number five of five. So this is the last Ten Lives of Wolverine issue, and it's a doozy. So Wolverine and Omega Red's Jaunt Through Time basically culminates in the present. And there is a really great knockdown-dragout fight. This book is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Joshua Cassara. And Kasara does a great bang-up job on the art in this issue. Colors are by Frank Martin, and letters are by VCs Corey Pettit. So, at the end of the issue, um, we are dealing with one of the time-displaced versions of Wolverine. And, you know, that's sort of the cliffhanger. And that, I think, is where Ten Deaths of Wolverine is going to pick up. And we're probably going to find out more about Moira's Moira McTaggart's uh, uh, status in that issue as well. So um i have to say this 10 lives and 10 death stuff has been a tough read but i feel like it's it was probably too long i don't think they should have been five issues we probably could have done this entire thing in three issues each i feel like five was pushing it a little bit you know five per five per i think they could have done it in a beginning middle and end type of arc so um, I think it was just a little too long but I feel like the these issues are going to end and really push some of these stories forward that have, that we've been following along in the pages of X-Men and X-Force specifically last but not least is this issue of Nightwing I don't even remember what number it is 90 thank you Nightwing number 90 is written by Tom Taylor there is a different artist on this book
0: Oh, I, I, I put the, um, the the things in your thing. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't see them.
1: I just see gray box. Oh, oh thank you. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Geraldo Borges, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. Mm-hmm. So um, what was cool about this is that we are back to dealing with uh, the ramifications of Dick Grayson uh trying to do a lot of good in Bloodhaven with the money that he inherited from Alfred. And, you know, the, the, the traditional Nightwing enemies, uh, villains gallery that have a traditionally occupied Bloodhaven have basically put a price on Dick Grayson's head, you know, as the new billionaire about town. And, um, They are almost successful in taking out Dick Grayson in this issue, but for uh, the fact that he has a very strong support team with uh, the Bat family as well as the Teen Titans. And we have uh, both of those connections playing a role in this issue. And uh, ultimately, when we get to the cliffhanger ending, it's revealed that one of the characters that is brought in to um, take out Dick Grayson is none other than um, the same character that shot Nightwing in the head. And if you yes. don't remember who that is, then you should uh, backtrack and check that out. That is
0: now a several years in the past. Anytime I've read this also, uh, anytime this person or and selective other people in, in uh happened to come up in DC's books, it just never ceases to make me like, that's the name of this character? Like, the hell? <laughs> hey! DC you
1: know what? Crazy there characters. was a time when we were in the middle of a Cold War. I know. We are know. maybe going to be in the middle of a hot war very soon. Let's hope not.
0: Yeah. So... I know, uh, I know, but it's still kind of funny the naming of some of these characters in DC specifically. Marvel's got some crazy. Yeah, I know that. I know you. that. Although it's funny. Before we move on, you didn't read? Did you read GI Joe, a uh,
1: real American hero, this week? Uh, I did not. No. Are you keeping up with it at all? No, uh
0: uh-uh. not that okay. particular one.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I I I I just happened to skim it. I was just curious because we I only had a few books out this week. Gotcha. So believe it or not. The story in this week's issue, I don't know, or this month's issue, I don't know if this was the same as last month, but the October Guard is in there with Colonel, um, you know, with, with Horror Show and Dana and, and and all these other characters that I remember mm-hmm. from, from the comics. And I'm like, wow, the timing of this is so eerie. <laughs> How much, you know? I was on the pulse. <laughs> Seriously, Larry Hama has his pulse on the zeitgeist, and I, that's not even a, a, a... You can't even... It's hard to joke about that.
0: Yeah. Oh, shoot. So... I actually pulled but that.
1: that's it for me. I'll hand it off
0: to Roddy Cat. Okay, yeah, it's just a well, because I thought I had that... I thought I pulled that cover, but I did not. So, yeah, uh, for myself, uh, we start off with... I actually read some DC this week. Uh, outside of that, Nightwing, uh, and we start off with uh, Wonder Woman number seven eighty five. This is part two of uh, the trial of uh, trial of the Amazons. There we go. Uh, and the creative team here is uh, writers Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan, art by Rosie Campe. Uh, colors by Tamra Bonvillain and Letters by Pat Brousseau. So um spoiler alert uh if you have not been keeping up with this uh this event. Uh as I said last week, uh someone some would say a significant person to the uh to the history of uh Wonder Woman has uh passed away because of uh, some shenanigans. I'll go ahead and say it. It's her mother Hippolyta. Uh, and uh, this issue deals with uh, her being laid to rest. Not uh, Hippolyta, not not Wonder Woman. And obviously, Diana's a little uh, a little upset by this and wants to get to the bottom of who's uh, who's um, uh, who's behind it. So she's like, "No, we're gonna give every, we're gonna put everybody under the um, under the lasso of truth, and that way we'll get the truth out of them." But cooler heads prevailed. That being Nubia, who is the queen of the um, Amazons at this point or the main group of Amazons at this point, because there are two others that are, um, um, that are also on the Island, um, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but you know, she was like, no, this is not the way to go about it. We will, we will find out who did it. Cause I think she's got uh Kenzie Sans, Sans-, Sans- Mark, uh, heading up the, the investigation on that part. Uh, but there's some other things going on on the Island in the fact that, they're trying to find someone to guard the what's called the Dooms Doorway, and the Dooms Doorway is acting up because uh, there's some black goo uh, that is seeping in from it, and it's uh, something's really, really trying to get out of it. Uh, that has caused a couple of casualties in in this particular issue, um, but uh, like I said, that's on the side of them trying to find someone to. Um, to uh guard the door hold the door as it as it may be um and have this contest to see who's doing it and this other these these uh three sets of uh amazons who have now come together on the island to to um have a contest of champions so to speak um <clears throat> um you know are going on in the meanwhile so. Um, as I said, there's the, the, the regular Themyscirans, uh, there's, uh, the, um, the, um, the Bannamadal, or Maidal, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, and then there's a, a, uh, Esquicidas, which is the group that Yara Flar is, uh, recently found, uh, group of, uh, Amazons that are basically Brazilian in nature, and they've all come to this island to, to, to uh, to try to, get in on this uh contest and in this issue they're also trying to um find uh champions to compete in said contest uh uh to do this obviously Yara Flor being the one that the um, the Esquicidas picked uh, apparently donna Troy was picked for the um vanabar as opposed to Artemis uh, because, which is weird because she was working with uh, the Esquisitas, uh, as of a couple of, uh, as of Wonder Girl, whatever the case may be. Uh, and then there's an unexpected, um, um, well, and then the, the, the Amazons, uh, pick their champion. And then there's an unexpected fourth that enters. You can probably guess who that might be, who has, uh, no allegiance to any of those people, but for all of them, um, um, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, uh, you would have to do a little bit of a uh, catch up um, if you're not already reading the stuff that was leading up to this uh, trial, this event. But it's some good stuff to read. I, I would say um, it's worth your time if you care to. There's even a part in here where, you know, Diana's consulting with a kangaroo, which I don't know. I don't know that much about um um <laughs> Wonder Woman's Past to where that's that's a thing, but apparently they, they got kangaroos on the islands. There you go. So yeah. Uh, I think um it goes from here to Wonder Girl, which is uh Yara Flora's book, uh Flora's book. Uh, uh so whenever that comes out we'll we'll see what happens there. Next up, um sorry, I was trying to keep this too <laughs> rapid fire didn't do such a good job. Batman, Superman, uh, World's Finest number one. I was going to flow through some of the um, some of the uh, variant covers, but I'm just going to put that one up. Because <laughs> that one was cool. Um, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, colors by Tamra Bonvillain, and letters by Aditya Abidikar. So, I'm guessing this is um, a story that's set kind of in the past because we see a couple of encounters um, that had Batman, Robin, and Superman all teaming up together. Um, But the one main one, uh, it was set in Metropolis uh, with a couple of, well, excuse me, with one Batman villain, uh, who's basically trying to do? Who's trying to uh, do something to the data planet? And then a, a Superman villain comes in, who comes in and causes a problem for Superman. And the the rest of the book ends up with Batman uh, and Robin dealing with with that. They call in some, let's say, specialized help. Uh, I won't say who that is, but um, it's some folks that I wasn't expecting to to see in this book. That's for sure. But I guess. Wade wanted to have some fun with, uh, some, some other characters outside of the, uh, these main two. Uh, so, so far it's been a pretty decent read. I am very curious to see what the next issue holds. Um, um, yeah, that's pretty much that. Uh, last book for myself is time before time number 11 from image comics. Bing. There we go. Uh, written by Declan Shalvey, Ro and Rory Uh art by Joe Palmer, uh, colors by Chris O'Halloran. Uh, as the Agent Seventy said earlier, <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, um, and letters by Hassan Atmane uh, Elao. Uh, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but I apologize if I butchered that name. Not Happy Thanksgiving, but Happy St. Patrick's. I mean, Happy Day. Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving <yeah. laughs>
1: Roddy Cat's already been imbibing, apparently to celebrate.
0: I have, I do have a little something in here, but I'm not that not not that in the wind. Um, but yeah, so if you've not heard me talk about this book before, it, there's it's basically a time, time travel book. Uh, I won't go back on it, but I will go so far as to say that um, if you are interested in a timey wimey time travel story that's got a lot of layers to it some of it as a as a as a dirt was saying is like yeah some of it's a little kind of hard to understand uh at time and that's that's for sure um because it can get a little confusing with uh, with what's going on in it but it's 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 a compelling story i'm still thinking even though it does get a little bit of uh you know it gets a little out there in in a sense but um, but the only thing I will say about it is like yeah, it has something to do with uh, uh time traveling syndicates who are doing who are running operations in the past, um, and one particular person Tetsuo, who's the main character of this book, who's kind of ca- caught up in some things uh, in relation to this. Let's just say in trying to get away from the um. The, the, the syndicate that he's working for has gotten himself into a, a good bit of issues uh, and uh, brought uh, someone along for the ride who's also getting into their share of uh, problems and that stuff is starting to come together a little bit in the pages of uh, this particular issue and as we found out as of last issue, uh, Tetsu kind of had a nice little, well not even a nice little revolution, had a revelation that uh, may or may not be good for him but you kind of saw it coming, you know, uh, knowing what you know about this world. Uh, so yeah, it's like I said, it's, it is. It can be a little confusing sometimes, but it's a, it's a, it's an interesting read, I think. And that is it for me. Uh, we can get into clicks of the week. week, week. Clicks of the week. <laughs> Uh, so we actually got one. The aforementioned time before time, um, number eleven by Dirt. Who's it? Who, um, who? Who's it? Which I didn't even know he was reading this. So that's just kind of a surprise for for me. Um. Yeah, like I said, he's uh, he said he's finally caught up on his time travel story. It can be head scratching at times, but in a good sci fi time travel con- conundrum way that eventually works out as the story un- unwinds. And yes, I can I can definitely agree with that. So as I just said. I don't know cool. It is. Oh, I was wondering because he put up a picture in the thing. I was like, what is this from? And now I just remember because I was on that site a few days ago or a couple of days ago. And I think I know where where he got that uh, image from. So shout out to League of Comic Book Geeks. Um, do you have yours? I have Okay. I think I actually a have a couple of candidates.
1: Okay. I have a couple of candidates. Believe it or not, that amazing Spider-Man issue, the Beyonce issue, is actually pretty entertaining. Agreed, right? And Avengers number fifty-four, you know, the the Mister Tibbs part just made me smile. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That just that made me smile. Um, but I think, and I think Roddy Cat is probably going to second me on this, is. I, what I think is going to be my click of the week is Reckoning War, Trial of the Watch number one because I liked how Javier Rodriguez set up Dan Slot's script with all of the the way the pages were laid out because mm-hmm. a lot of it was cliffhangers at the end of each page. You know, yes. kind of the end of a sequence because what was being teased was Whether or not Uatu was right to do what he did, that it wouldn't have worked out any other way unless he did that. He no, that it would not have worked out the right way unless he did what he did. And it seemed like every sequence ended with a cliffhanger panel at the bottom of the page, or towards the bottom of the page, or you know, basically like at the end of the storytelling on the page. And then immediately when it when you turn the page, it became something else. That transpired in order to, you know, uh, push the story in a, uh, a certain direction. That slot meant to show, uh, uh, to prove um, Uatu's father's point. I forget his name. So that's that's why I think Reckoning, War, Trial of the Watcher, number one, is my click of the week this week.
0: And as um, Agent Seventy has correctly surmised, yes, I do also go with that particular pick. Uh, fork my click. Yeah, uh, sounds that's good. good. Yeah, like said, Yeah, uh, I and also agree with like I said, the Amazing Spider-Man being being a good, interesting. I might actually go pick that up physically. That's which is weird. Um, but yeah, Reckon War Trial of the Watcher, click of the week, good stuff. Uh, now we can go into the the news section, but first an ad read. Our first ad
1: read of the night. It is Saint Patty's Day. Raise a glass to, uh, you know, try not to be a newbie and get completely uh, 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 drunk on St. Paddy's Day, folks. It's still, you know, it's not that late on the East Coast. You know, there are, probably are still people out in the bars drinking. Don't get messy. If you're listening to this, I really hope you're not messy right now. But uh, here's to you. Um, you know, don't sing O'Danny Boy all night. Or so. <laughs> Right. So uh, cheers to all of you as I read the first ad of the night for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torrenté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles podcast can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the
0: news. And we start off as we do about this time with this cinematic news. <clears throat> First up, uh, Batgirl starred shares new details about his mysterious character, so Jacob Scipio revealed more details about his mysterious role in the upcoming Batgirl film. "Quote unquote," obviously I have to pick my words carefully because my tongue is pretty tied with it. Um, I, I maybe DC's got snipers. We I doubt that very seriously. But anyway, Scipio said in an interview with Pop Sugar. Uh, but I can say that my character is in the comics. He wants to make Gotham a better place, and he's in a situation with Batgirl. Let's just say that, which. That could be a couple of people. That could be, for all we know, that could be Nightwing. (laughs) So Seriously? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's pretty much all all, all we got from him so far. Next up. Next up.
1: James Wan shared an update on the making of the director's cut for the recently delayed Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. The director of the upcoming Aquaman sequel shared a photo on Instagram of his home office showing off four monitors. Man, I'm jealous. It's one oh, more I, than me. It's two more than me. Showing off four monitors dedicated to crafting his cut of the DCUE film. Working nonstop, day and night, at least 15 hours each day. Shout out to Kit Cuddy On my director's cut from my home setup, Juan wrote in the caption, thank God for the big desk. Yeah, that's a nice desk. That's a yeah, nice big
0: desk. And those speakers, too. Like, uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see uh, uh, the the... The picture of uh, James Wan's uh, desk set up in his office. Nice lighting, also, all that natural lighting.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of natural light in that office. So yeah, that's a, it's a what 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 I like is that it's a mix of monitors. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that's like an Apple Thunderbolt monitor on the left, right. but there's also a mix of other large monitors, you know, all around. Um, he's probably got one of those like super powerful Mac Pros, you know. To do that, you know, like audio video editing. Unless unless he's doing it PC style. I can't yeah, tell listen, from here. That,
0: that seems like PC from a couple of things, but you could be you're probably right though. He seems like a Mac person. <laughs> I know I said that. That was wrong. Um Hey. I was about to say I take that personally. Yeah. yeah you know what of, though? That's a Mac mouse and that's a Mac keyboard. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, i just noticed this keyboard layout set set up, so that's probably it probably is a Mac. Um, so sure. Although it looks like he has, it
1: looks like he has multiple computers here. Oh, because there's two mice. You see that? There's two mice. There's the there's the wireless Apple uh, Apple mouse, Mm -hmm. and there's also what looks like a wired mouse too. Which could be PC. So yeah, who's to say? uh, Hard to,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, We're jealous of his setup. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it is. It's pretty nice setup. Uh, Like I said, um, sometimes if you get a chance, uh, if you're uh, strictly listen to the audio version of this program, check out the video versions out there. Um, uh, on the Click Nations YouTube and twitch.tv slash Combo Chronicles. I forgot to say that earlier also. Next up mm-hmm. though I uh, think uh, HBO Max's Green Lantern series gets a promising update. So replying to a fan on Twitter uh, Lamont McGee wrote uh, just finishing up another DC show for HBO Max trying to figure out the next thing now. Uh, Warner Brothers is not officially confirmed if protection on Green Lantern is complete, but McGee's update points to the series being in its final stages. Uh, by all accounts, Green Lantern, according to this art- article, is the only DC HBO Max project currently on his plate. So, cool. Uh, next up.
1: Harley Quinn's Kite Man character is getting his very own spinoff show, reported by Screen Rant. The Batman villain, former fiance to po- really former fiance to Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. appeared most recently in HBO Max's Harley Quinn animated series, voiced by Matt Olberg of Veep and Superstore, and served as more comedic relief in a sea of comic characters. Harley Quinn show co-showrunner and co-developer Patrick Schumacher revealed the new spinoff at a South by Southwest panel focused on dc's ventures into more adult-leaning animated series Probably okay yes, the spin-off yes. is a cheer style comedy tentatively tentatively titled noonan's the bar that dc universe henchmen hang out when not busy working for big name villains oh my gosh okay so, so,
0: so not the us see no if it's released
1: it here Oh, yeah, yeah there, there, that's just the announcement. Uh, Harley Quinn season three premieres sometime later this year and promises to follow on season two's romantic antics as well as the new comic lens development of Ivy and Harley's relationship. I have not yet watched a single second of this Harley Quinn animated show.
0: Neither have I, but I do know about the Kite Man thing. I believe that was a thing. Spoiler alert for the end of season one. Yeah, he was supposed to marry uh, Poison Ivy and she ran off with Harley and going into season two. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, James Gunn joined Harley Quinn. Speaking of the animated cast in the perfect role as himself. Uh, in an interview with uh slash film, Harley Quinn co-creator, Patrick Schumacher revealed who Gunn, uh, y- y'all know who James Gunn is, uh, who will play in the upcoming third season. He's playing himself and is directing a movie about, uh, Thomas Wayne, Batman's father said Schumacher. Uh, while Gunn is pregnant. Well, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much that. Uh, and again, uh, season season three is uh, on its final mix, as we I think we uh, talked about last week, and it's on to play sometime this year. So, next up,
1: next up, oh, Titans news. Titans star Joseph Morgan says the DC streaming series' upcoming fourth season will effectively serve as an origin story for his villainous character, Brother Blood. Um, yeah, I'm not going to read that whole thing that he's quoting, but, um, the actor continues that it's really an origin story of a villain that we're playing out here. And so what's been incredibly rewarding for him and will continue to be is exploring how he gets from Sebastian to becoming brother blood.
0: Okay. Sure. Uh, oh yeah, I know I forgot, I forgot to mention something, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus will combine after Warner Media's merger with a, with Discovery um but first a bundle apparently according to this article so it says here that uh, the news spotted by variety was revealed that by discovery cfo Gunnar uh at Deutsche bank's 30th annual media internet and telecom conference uh is said to become the cfo of the combined company which will be called warner brothers discovery uh, it is unclear, however, what the new company might name the combined service or how much it might charge. Uh, it says uh HBO Max has started at ten bucks a month, and we know we talked about the ad-supported version that's coming, or fifteen dollars a month for ad-free. Discovery Plus, the Discovery Plus starts at five dollars a month with ads, or seven dollars a month for ad-free streaming. Uh, and I think this article probably goes into that. Probably they're going to take the 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 bigger of the two. Um, the, the larger of the two um, uh, amounts, and, and, and have that being the um, uh, how much it's going to be, you know. So, chances are it's probably going to be fifteen bucks. Then I got to the price. That's me speculation, yeah. but uh, but I think this article probably does mention something about that. I hope that they still continue to
1: allow people who subscribe on their cable stations to keep just getting the, the HBO Max. But the thing is, Discovery Plus is not that. Discovery Plus is on its own. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, Discovery Plus, and now I'm holding my, 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 my glass of whiskey. Um, you know, this is a this, this is, uh, 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 combo chronicles way after dark now, right? <sighs> so um, it's interesting because Discovery Plus has been a standalone thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's a Discovery app for uh, people who subscribe on their cable channel. I mean, Who who's subscribed through their cable package, that is, right? Right. But Discovery Plus is independent of that. And so I'm wondering if um they're going to make it all HBO Max style and just put it all under that one umbrella and if you subscribe to the
0: cable through your cable package, then you just get the app for free. That would that would be the logical way to do it, which means that they probably is not the way they would do it exactly exactly so that's that's why i brought that up Mm -hmm. so it says here at&t and discovery have previously said that they expected the deal to close in the second quarter of 2022 which we are coming up on um at some point apparently discovery had uh 22 million subscribers at the end of this year so it's not like they didn't have a lot of um subscribers but in comparison to hbo max's 73.8 million you know that that seems relatively logical. Anyway, next up. Next up.
1: The Flash showrunner teases more familiar faces in Season 8. Wow, they're up to Season 8 on this? Mm-hmm. So the Flash showrunner, Eric Wallace, has confirmed that Rick Cosnett's Eddie Thawne won't be the only long-absent character to return in Season 8. Uh...
0: Oh, wow, that's crazy. The Flash season 8. What's that? I said, that's kind of crazy. They're bringing him back.
1: The Flash season 8 returned to the CW on Wednesday, March 9th, with its sixth episode, Impulsive Excessive Disorder. The season went on hiatus following the five-episode Armageddon event, which aired from November 16th of 2021 to December 14th of 2021. Uh, So this past Wednesday's episode, last Wednesday's episode, actually. Uh, featured the return of John Wesley Shipp as the OG Flash Jay Garrick but also Cosnet as Eddie the latter of whom has been dead since the end of season one that's where I remember that okay I think I remember watching it through the end of season one right and that's why I said that I was like damn (laughs) that was a while ago okay okay now I mean you have to forgive me folks it's been a long time since I watched that so I do not remember that and I have not been keeping up with the Flash CW show right so all right next up
0: uh, Indiana Jones five trailer is coming too. Uh, coming soon. Excuse me. Teases the director. Uh, I don't know. I just put this in here because th- this is a, this is kind of silly and shouldn't happen, but nevertheless, apparently it is. Um, uh, let's see, Indiana Jones five director James Mangold teases the first look for for the upcoming film, including a trailer, isn't far away. Um... It says, although he re- directed all four Indiana Jones movies, Steven Spielberg opted not to return to helm Indiana Jones 5, um, with James Mangold taking the reins. Filming for the fifth uh, installment took primarily took place primarily in the UK and suffered uh, numerous production delays due to COVID uh, and uh, caused the release date to be pushed back. Um, let's see... Mangold announced on Twitter recently. However, the filming for the movie had finally concluded, uh, in X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, apparently, he's editing. Editing has uh, begun on it, and he's teasing the arrival of some official first look, including a trailer, at some point soon. Next up, next up, the Muppets.
1: Land a new series from the Goldbergs creator starring the Electric Mayhem Band. Disney Plus announces the Muppets Mayhem, a new comedy series inspired by the fictional band of musical Muppets known as Electric Mayhem. Helmed by Adam F. Goldberg, the creator of the hit sitcom The Goldbergs, the show will chronicle the adventures of the musicians as they record their first album. Running for 10 episodes, the show will also star Lily Singh as Nora a junior A&R executive who is tasked with keeping electric mayhem together and managing them through their shenanigans. The cast of Muppets is expected to be uh, familiar characters like Dr. Teeth, Animal, Floyd Pepper, Janice, Zoot, and Lips. It's currently unknown whether other non-band Muppets will
0: make an appearance. That should be fun. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't get Aquafina, whose real name is actually Nora, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Um... Yeah, that ought, that ought to be interesting. Does it have a date? Mm. Let's see what, no, it does not. Yeah, I was about to say, I, sc- I scrolled very quickly. I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, no, I saw at the bottom it doesn't. There's no real estate. Um, Ironheart star wraps filming on Black Panther number two. So Dominique Thorne has officially wrapped up filming Black Panther Wakanda forever. Uh, quote, unquote. And that is a picture wrap on Riri Williams. Uh, Thorne announced on her Instagram story. Uh, God is so good. See y'all in November. Um, The actor will make her uh, MCU debut as um, Riri Williams Ironheart in the upcoming Black Panther series ahead of her own solo Disney Plus uh, series. Ironheart, who knew about coming. So, wait. Is that actually coming in November? I forget what the the revised release dates are now. Right, because I know they had pushed some stuff. So... But yeah, this then uh, this article goes into the the uh, the the when filming and started and all that kind of good stuff. So soon and soon and soon we'll see what um what's gonna happen in that uh at the story. Next up.
1: Marvel's Secret Invasion cast includes a major Black Panther character. So Secret Invasion stars Samuel L. Jackson confirms another Marvel Cinematic Universe actor for the series. During Uh, Samuel L. L. Jackson in conversation with Josh Horowitz event in New York City, which I missed out on apparently, Jackson discussed all the amazing actors he worked with on the upcoming Disney Plus series, which includes stars like Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman. In a video posted on Twitter, Jackson also name-dropped Martin Freeman before geeking out about the chance to work with Coleman. Freeman portrayed CIA operative Everett K. Ross in both Captain America Civil
0: War and Black Panther. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to be in um, Black Panther 2, because I don't think I've seen anything listed about that. Probably show up. It's hard to
1: say. Yeah, I was about to say he'll probably show up, but it's such an internal Wakanda story. It seems unlikely that he would play like an integral
0: role, maybe a cameo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, at at the most, you know, depending on how they're going to handle the story of that. Like, maybe he'll pop in for a scene and like, hey, we'll see. Anyway. Um some sad news uh into the world of movies and to the MCU. Uh William Hurt uh dies at 71. For those uh who know about him from the MCU, he played Thunderbolt Ross. Uh but William Hurt is a actor of uh, much note, uh but well before that. Uh but he uh looks like he died on March thirteenth of natural causes, uh confirmed by a friend um you know Oscar nom- Oscar winning performance in 1985 Skits of Spider-Woman performances in broadcast news which a lot of people know him as uh more more specifically uh David Cronenberg's A History of Violence and Children of a Lesser God um which earned him um Academy Award nominations for best actor
1: Yeah I was sad to hear this story but at hmm. the same time I you know I think most of us didn't know That he had been dealing with uh,
0: long-standing health problems for a while. Right. So. And then R.C.O.R. kind of goes into his history. So you can read that at your your own leisure. Uh, Next up, though. Next up, Marvel confirms
1: uh, what if season two for 2022. So series writer A.C. Bradley responded to reports that the show's second season would hit Disney Plus in 2022, acknowledging that the rumors were correct. Simply tweeting, see you later this year, kids. Bradley, who also serves as a producer on the multiverse-spanning MCU series, did not reveal any further details on Season 2. If What If is confirmed to return in 2022, fans can expect a more substantial update in the coming months. It seems like such a quick turnaround.
0: But I I guess they've been working on this for,
1: you know, I guess they were working on it back-to-back?
0: Presumably also, since I think they had a couple that we know of at least one that didn't happen in season one that we know that was going to show up in season two. That was the one with uh, Gamora and Tony Stark. Right. So we knew they had that one. So there's a good chance that they, I think there was, there might've been two like that one and another one that was already in the can or being worked on and didn't happen in season one for some odd reason. So I guess those or that one or, and or those, you know, in relation to what else they've been working on. Yeah, it does seem kind of like it was a fastest turnaround, but it is also quicker than doing an actual live-action film. So I right. mean, they, can, they can turn things around quicker than a live-action film. Right. I'm just like, hey, I wish anime could turn it around that fast. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah, that is, that is also true. Um, so, yeah. But... Um, Echo, uh, Disney Plus, uh, Hawkeye spinoff reportedly adds, uh, Academy Award nominee Graham Greene. Uh, again, this is a report, not necessarily, um, something that's been confirmed, which we try not to keep, to put too much of this stuff in the lineup. Uh, but anyway, according to the direct Academy Award nominee, Graham Greene is signed on for the project in an undisclosed role. Uh, the veteran stage and screen star, who is a, of indigenous, um... Ornada, Canadian descent, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his work with deaths with Woods and also uh, uh, appeared in the likes of Thunderheart, The Green Mile Twilight, and uh, Wind River. Uh, though no details on Green's character were provided, uh, there's a chance he's been cast as the chief and old friend of Maya's father, who sends her on a vision quest in the comics. And I do uh think there was another article that I stripped out of here saying that, yeah, um, Echo is probably not going to be set in New York and it's probably gonna be elsewhere. Um, somewhere down south or some somewhere else. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it said, but regardless, probably on some reservation right. or Yeah, something.
1: I was about to say given the ev- given the events of um of uh it of uh, Hawkeye, it would make sense that she would relocate. Right. So. so all right, next up, so in some big trailer news this week, the Ms. Marvel trailer bursts with romance, big dreams. And superheroics and some changes to the character. Mm. So I watched this. I'm not gonna, you know, read this article, but um, I watched this and I wanted to get Roddy Cat's take on this. Uh, I will tell you that I thought it was okay. I'm ha- I'm still having a little bit of trouble, and I'm not body shaming here, but when I see this actress playing Kamala. I don't see Kamala Khan. I just don't. Mm-hmm. You know, like Kamala Khan in the comics is like rail thin, right? Sure. That's just that's just me. That's just like a visual thing I, I have a problem with.
0: Well, right. I, I, so
1: you know, like don't like you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not no, saying no, that you. she's gonna be a bad. It's just that visually on first look, I'm like, that's not Kamala Khan. Yeah. That's just um, my that's my thing, right? I, I mean, but, I, I'm kind of with you for a slightly different reason, but no, no, ahead. but
0: but ultimately, well, is she's maybe a little too light skinned? Yes. Yeah, that that was my thing on that one. Like, I wasn't thinking about that part, but I was just like, yeah, she's kind of light. Now, that being said, the other problem I have with this was like, okay, and which, which we've kind of seen before. They're kind of seeming to be changing her powers. That's the other thing I've right. Not- right right I mean that was obviously going to be my next point right
1: and so it's tough because I you know I I, I read a couple of comments on like the Facebook post after this trailer dropped right mm-hmm. and you know I see that it does make some sense to differentiate her powers from the really upcoming Mr. Fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially now that it's been announced. Sure. But they could differentiate and they could find a way, you know, to incorporate the inhuman side of her story. We don't know if they will do that still. Right. You know, it's unlikely.
0: But we don't know for sure. Right. That being said, like, I feel like she I mean, her portrayal wise, like she's, uh, you know, it's a. It's a pretty good depiction of. I mean, it's a pretty good characterization in a way for for Kamala, as, as far as that part is concerned. You know, all right, uh, it's mean, probably as good as we we're going to get for this character in this in this setting. Put it that way.
1: What's 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 weird is that you know I'm I'm used to the progression, right? right. Kamala is definitely a a character that has progressed a lot in her time in comics. Mm-hmm. She starts out as like like a real. Daddy's little girl, goody two-shoes, right? She's mad, obedient, and I didn't get that in this Mm. story. So I don't know if they're going to immediately portray her as the rebellious teen or not, and that would be a mistake in my opinion. Mm -hmm. If they immediately throw her into, like, rebellion. You know, there's obviously some subtle signs of rebellion, like doing her fan fiction and being a gamer online and all that stuff, but that wasn't the strongest aspect of her character you know when she was introduced in the first like 10 issues of her book you know right that's that you know like but obviously you know judgment has to be reserved until we uh, actually get the series so uh, you know i have to be patient but just from the trailer i kind of got that like i hope you know it made me hope that they didn't immediately jump into her being like a rebellious teen
0: yeah, I, I, yeah, like I said, it's kind of hard to tell because we only got what was in the the trailer to kind of go off on, which could mm-hmm. say more or less that we don't, you know, we don't necessarily know at this point, right? Um, but yeah, like I said, the, I don't know. The whole power thing is is the, the and you know, less to a lesser degree, her being lighter than the actual character kind of s- stuck out to me. Um, shout out to that poster they put out to where you know, um, that, that that's um. Uh, they folks, the comic, but um, so yeah. I mean, and you know, I'm holding out for us, they haven't really that aside. They haven't really well. They've given us some reason to worry, but they, but the, the the previous shows have had enough goodwill towards them to say that we should not worry about this too terribly much. I'll say outside of the whole powers thing, because cause, cause the only other thing that sticks out about that is like, you know they're going to change it in the, in the comic books, and that's a problem for me. Because, like, they don't, that's not, because that's, as we said earlier, they like to marry the the the, um, the, the uh the shows to the, back to the comic book stuff. Right. And with that, especially with that uh, miniseries that she's got going on right now, I feel like that is the place where they're going to start doing that mess, and, I, and that, that part is, I, I kind of, if they do, do indeed do that, I Kind of not going you like that, yeah I don't know what her I agree. whatever not, so yeah, I agree, anyway, so like that we'll we'll see, we know it's coming soon ish, so we'll we'll see how that works out when um we, we don't have a specific date, oh, yes, we do, um June eighth, so after uh, which we knew it was going to be after before hulk and after uh, Moon Knight, which is coming up Yo, next yeah that's
1: month. coming up quick, yes yes. That is coming up after like this little brief hiatus between Marvel shows. That's mm. going to be here in a heartbeat because at the end of this month is moon Knight, Right.
0: Which right. And then next what week? And then, it's next weekend. March 30th. Huh? Huh? Isn't it March 30th? That might be the case. That's... Why am I hearing an echo? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, next up though. It's me. Is it me? Oh uh, yeah.
1: Hold on. Oh no, wait, no, no, no! I did the Ms. Marvel trailer. You got the Disney Plus slammed.
0: Oh, okay. Um. Well, so this is actually we already. This is kind of old, slightly old. And so this part, we kind of talked about this, but this is kind of aftermath. So Disney Plus shady. Huh. I'm sorry. You said <laughs> aftermath. I said shady. Nice. Um, <laughs> Disney Plus slammed by Parents Council for adding. So this is stupid. The Disney Plus slammed by Parents Council for adding mature rated Marvel shows. Now we mm-hmm. have already talked about the fact that they put an age gate on on the stuff, and I, I feel like if they had if Disney Plus had if they had not done this, they would have uh, whoever these the stupid council is would be going after them for that. Like, come on, police your own goddamn kids. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so Walt Disney Company has added uh, the Marvel Netflix shows to Disney Plus. We already got there. In fact, they came out yesterday as of as of this recording. Uh, they're definitely if you go on there now, if you haven't gone on there in recent days, there is there is the same saying: Hey, set up a profile, set up parental um, uh, contro- controls on there. So that right, right when you center. log in, yeah, yeah, right when you um, log in. But apparently, the Parents Television and Media Council, the PDC, has taken issue with the fact that the, the content is on there at all, despite the fact that it has parental controls. Stupid people ain't got nothing else better to do. Uh, the company's eponymous platform, Disney+, Plus, logically marketed itself as a family-friendly streaming service, this is a quote. And parents have placed their trust in Disney to deliver just that, uh, says Tim Winter, president of the PDC. Uh, it is wildly off brand for Disney Plus to add uh, TVMA TV MA and R rated programming to this program, uh, the platform, obstinately to increase subscriber subscription revenue. That is stupid and baseless. Um, he also added so, what's to come next? Adding live actions. See, this is stupid. Th- th- I yeah, I was like, there's that. no point.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, no point going on and on. It's just that it's 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 silly that they would complain because they want they they allegedly think that Disney Plus is supposed to be wholesome family entertainment. Right. But come on, Disney Plus is a gigantic conglomerate of uh, of. Um, you know, uh, you know Disney and, and its holding companies and all that stuff, its subsidiaries, they have so much content and they want to put it all on one platform. Right. This is the best way to do it: is to put, like a Roddy Cat said, put the the controls in the hands of the parents. Right. And if they're silly enough to not to not uh, um, uh, set, you know, the the pin, you know to uh to to uh restrict access to the mature stuff that's their problem
0: right oh they're police they, they give yes, you the they're tools they're... yeah right. they give you the tools you have to use them right but then somebody else would be like well they're telling us that we have to do, 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 do this so so freaking stupid these t- these people have nothing else better to do um <laughs> with, with their lives uh with stuff like this um but regardless and I should i will point out that in other Countries which, granted, are way better. uh, um, I want to say I don't even know if they don't have uh, parental controls in other countries, but they have like things like Star, which basically serves up movies of all time, you know, of all types, on Disney Plus in other countries, and I do believe they don't have parental. Uh, parental controls, and if they do, I haven't seen them. One, go, I mean, not that I do that, not that I use a VPN and go to other countries to to, to look for media um, that often, but I'm just saying, sometimes you get curious. All uh, right. So, okay. that being said, you know, ah! I've seen <laughs> that being said, okay. that being said, you know, like, other countries could do this without, you know, without issue, but then again, we, we know why it happens here for various of course. in this country the, of the U.S. Next up. Next up. So Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Star
1: has seen the sequel and can't help but hype the madness. Uh, that is in reference to Shameik Moore, the voice of Miles Morales. Um, he seemingly seen the highly anticipated sequel Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 and could not help but take to social media to tease the madness of the multiverse. Uh, what he says is that uh, he calls the uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part one insane.
0: Yeah. Granted, this wasn't much of a story. I'm just hyped for the next uh, spider Spider device Spider-Verse uh, sequel and all. Um, Mark Hamill gives his blessing to Obi-Wan Kenobi's young Luke Skywalker. So as we saw from the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, there is a, a young uh, Luke Skywalker uh, that will be a part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh apparently uh Mark Hamill would on Twitter as he does and retweeted a post about Grant Feely, who plays the uh young Luke, uh in the upcoming series. And in the tweet, Hamill said, Grant Feely looks like a perfect uh Luke Skywalker, and I am wishing him all the best. Uh, hashtag the Forces with Feely. So this is cool. Uh, he gets blessed by the original Luke. <laughs> and uh and of course there's a picture of uh he actually kinda does. Um weird. Dude. I don't know. Weird. Um those holding out hope uh that Sebastian Stan is gonna show up at some point. Probably you just forget that. This is not this is not what this says. <laughs> <laughs> Next up. Uh,
1: the boys, not safe for work season three tra- uh teaser shows Jensen Ackles' Soldier Boy in action. So after a long wait, the first official teaser trailer for season three of Prime Videos, The Boys... Oh, so they call it Prime Video as
0: opposed to Amazon Prime. Okay. Well, yeah, Amazon Prime is the service, overall service. I'm sorry? Because Amazon Prime is the overall service for Prime and then this is the the, the, the video version
1: under that. No, no, I get that. No, I understand. You know, that I get, but it's interesting to see it called Prime Video as opposed to Amazon Prime Video. Oh, yeah, no, they've been doing that for a while, so... Okay. Yeah. The Boys has finally arrived. I have not watched this. The Prime Neither Video have. series finally released the official trailer. Actually, I may have. I just didn't look that carefully at it. Mm-hmm. Um, for, uh, they released the official trailer for its upcoming third season after its release date was teased by series star Carl Urban, who portrays Billy Butcher. So, season three of The Boys premieres June 3rd on Prime Video. And the new trailer is a gory, action packed, definitely not safe for work teaser trailer. For its upcoming third season, I did watch it. It's yeah, it's the boys, right? So I know, you know some I, who love I it. have problems taking it seriously because it's right. all you know send up of of, of
0: uh, comic book tropes and stories. So right, and big corporation, which is also on a <laughs> on Amazon, <laughs> Just ironically, right? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, I have not seen any of it. I know some people who do love it. I, you know. it's okay yeah that's all i can uh, it's okay yeah
1: it's not something where i'm just like oh this is awesome i'm just like yeah it's cool
0: right yeah i've heard some people use those words um but i'm just waiting for the invincible season two that's that's all i can say (laughs) all right uh next up uh star trek uh cast vampire diary star as its new captain kirk um so paul wesley has been added to the cast of star trek strange new worlds season two on um paramount plus i think we just got season one so that's we'll getting ahead of it uh known for his leading role in the popular cw series of vampires diaries uh wesley will join the season two cast of Trek: Star- new worlds as captain captain james t kirk um who we know was um originally done by uh william shatner so that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I guess this is going to be him under Pike, and probably still leading up to the the original movie or the, or the original series. I don't know. Who knows? I guess. Sure. Uh, I mean, they're just
1: whining. What what what's funny about this? And I'll uh, I'll uh, pa- just to hold your thought. Sure. I wanted to mention. It seems like they're they're you know consistently trying to play it both ways, introduce new stuff, but also mine the past to try to strike a balance with the people who just like, this is not my trick. Right. Sure. So, you yeah. know, that's just, that's what it seems to me. I honestly can't get into any of this stuff because I don't rock, I don't I don't mess with Paramount+. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So.
0: Yeah, I have not seen this particular, because I know Stranger Worlds is, is a spinoff of Discovery, which, you know, uh, the... There, there was that, and I still haven't finished. Uh, I haven't gone through all of discovery yet, so I'll probably check it check it out uh, at some point, just once I get once I get to a certain point in discovery. But yeah, I don't know. It felt like like either that, or they were trying to skirt the line between Kelvin, the 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 um the JJ J. J. Abrams stuff, and mm-hmm. and uh, like you said, kind of mining the past. So. Who knows? Anyway, next up, we're going to get into the anime corner, which is only one thing. <laughs> uh, go for it. Take this one. <laughs> uh...
1: Funimation. Titles are now available on Crunchyroll as of March 16th. So following the announcement that Funimation will unify under the Crunchyroll brand, they are happy to announce the following list of shows are now available on Crunchyroll for all subscribers. So uh, Roddy Cat should have this up on the screen here. It is an extensive list of subs and dubs Um, Of uh, Funimation titles that are now available on Crunchyroll and of note, what we did not know before was that Dragon Ball is on this list. So Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are on this list. Super was already on Crunchyroll, but now we can confirm that Dragon Ball sub and dub originally, the original is on um, Crunchyroll. Interestingly, Dragon Ball Z is only available in the dub
0: Mm-hmm. And GT is on that there. Good. What's that? GT is on there, sub and dub. I I I I I was not <laughs> going to mention GT. I
1: mean, you know. Uh I was before. not going to mention GT. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's just it's interesting that they don't have that that Z is there in the dub, but not the sub. That's just weird. Um you know, uh, so lots of lots of dubs like the dub for uh, Fire Force seasons one and two uh, are are moving over to uh, to Crunchyroll where they uh, where they have the sub and uh, the dubs for Tokyo Ghoul another uh, uh, popular uh, anime. But it's nice that uh, the Dragon Ball stuff, which was one of the the, the main things I wanted to maintain mm-hmm. uh, access to, is moving over to. Uh, Crunchyroll right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it just sucks that the Dragon Ball Z
0: sub is still going to be on Funimation, but not on Z uh, on Crunchyroll. That is well, I mean, I, I guess I mean at some point uh, Funimation will cease to exist. So you you right like eventually wonder, yeah. Right. So you gotta wonder if the sub the sub's gonna come over at some point. I'm curious about which dub is actually. It might have been. It's probably more likely the newer dub as opposed to the old one. Uh, of uh, Z, that's probably. I wouldn't know.
1: The, I wouldn't know the difference. So
0: it's probably best that you don't. When you came along to it, there, there's a much improved dub uh, that that uh, came along. So, <laughs> uh, but regardless, so this list was yeah because when I got this initially got this article, uh, it was like before the eighth or it was after the eighth. So this is yeah. received another. So the direct about stuff came in, uh, in between me getting this article yeah, exactly with the new
1: update. So yeah, mm-hmm. I guess uh i'll just have to keep monitoring for the updates you know and 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 i guess it's just an eventuality as mm-hmm. Roddy cap mentioned it's 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 an eventuality that uh dragon ball z the sub of
0: dragon ball z is going to make its way over to crunchyroll right because that would be all righty crazy for them not to put that on there so yeah my old dubs are on there um which I don't care because I'm going to watch it in sub when it gets around. To yeah, it, exactly. I, I watch it in the sub
1: also, but it's nice that the dubs are coming over. Yeah. And I guess they have different, you know, uh, I think we talked about this earlier during, my, uh, during the early phase of my uh, anime journey. Is that um, Crunchyroll and Funimation, because they were separate companies, had different dubbing companies or different dubbing processes or different people doing the dubbing. So they were subtly different
0: probably especially for the more funimation stuff yeah more than likely because they had their own people doing their own stuff and then crunchyroll's getting it from whoever yeah right so it's interesting because you know specifically like the my hero
1: stuff they're pulling all the dubs so maybe they're replacing the dubs that crunchyroll has and using the funimation ones
0: yeah probably probably um it doesn't make sense to keep both. Well, so if I'm not mistaken, probably if there was a dub of, was there a dub of My Hero on Crunchyroll already? Because I don't remember that was the case. So I think they were just doing simulcast subs. Oh, were they? I don't I, know. I, I, I only I'm watched it on Funimation. Right. So I'm not sure that that part I'm not sure because I ever because I didn't watch it, but I knew they were doing simulcast stuff, and therefore it was so it was subs. So they didn't, gotcha. as far as I know, didn't have dubs. As far as I know. Gotcha. Before, all right. Recently. but yeah. So Yu, Yu Hakusho and a whole bunch of stuff. That list is out there. We're not going to go through all of this, but that's just a. It's a good list of stuff. Yeah, uh, we were anyway. just yeah we were just talking about the noteworthy ones,
1: especially Dragon Ball being like that that kind of notable uh, property that needed to move
0: over because it was exclusively Funimation. Right. Yu, Yu Hakusho, another good, great one. So if you ever get a chance, you know, yeah, definitely check that out. Anyway, we'll move on to the comic book news, but yet still stay over in the anime corner.
1: Uh, let's see here. What will I play? What will I play? What will I play? Uh, That's ba- actually a very appropriate Transformers.
0: Sure. Right, because it was originally a Japanese property. Well, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Dragon Ball Symphonic uh, Adventure Orchestral concert opens in Los Angeles on May 21st. So, Toei Animation and Overlook events uh, announced on Tuesday that the Dragon Ball, the, the, the Symphonic Adventure Live orchestral concert series, say that five times fast, will open at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles on May 21st. Tickets for the show went on sale uh, last, I guess, Friday. Uh, so, so, if you want to hear some uh, some Dragon Ball music, some, uh, some Chala, Head Chala with the big orchestra, um uh, mm-hmm. you're in Los Angeles, have at it uh next up chala head chala <laughs> all right
1: bleach brave souls available now for free on PlayStation four if you still have one um <laughs> The PlayStation 4 free-to-play version of the action title Bleach Brave Souls is available now on the PlayStation Store. The title, which originally launched in 2015 as an iOS and Android game before releasing on PC in 2020, is one of the most popular Bleach video games to ever release, garnering over 60 million downloads since its launch. For those unaware, the game drops players right into the world of the iconic manga and anime and puts them through some of the biggest moments from the story of Bleach. Uh, Let's see... That's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's available now for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been out on PC for for a good minute, and but I don't think free ninety nine folks. Yep, yep. yep. So uh, Avatar Legends gives Katara and Sokka's home an official name. Uh, Avatar Legends, I believe, is the new board game, or is it a board game or card game? One or two, something like that, is coming out. But uh, apparently, um, um, uh, Sokka and Katara's. homeland is given a name of wolf Cave, wolf cove uh so that is the southern water tribe's name uh a home name i guess go figure um next bring home
1: the serenity with hero collector's newest firefly model ship Firefly is one of the most beloved sci-fi series of all time, and fans will soon be able to bring home a die-cast model of the iconic Serenity spaceship thanks to Hero Collector. The Firefly-class Serenity transport vessel was purchased by Malcolm Reynolds after the unit blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> uh, this XL die-cast model is over 26 centimeters long, and comes complete with a detachable display stand, and that will make it the perfect addition to any collection. The piece will be available for $79.99, and will arrive in June of 2022,
0: not far from now. Indeed. Uh, Marvel introduces a new military-themed Sorcerer Supreme. Um, in an announcement for the upcoming um, AXE, of that's Avengers X-Men Eternal Judgment Day crossover event, uh, written by Karen Gillian and artist uh, Valerio Skidi. Marvel indicated three upcoming comics as being of prime importance in the build-up towards the next event. Um, while X-Men and Eternals roles in the conflict will be explained in their own respective titles, Spider's heroes are set to undergo a startling makeover in the pages of uh, Avengers 57, uh, written by Jason Aaron and artist Javier Garone. Uh, apart from Avengers mainstays, Tony Stark and Carol Danvers, a slew of time displaced heroes can be seen on the issues main cover by Garone, uh, including the Social Supreme of World War Two, which I believe we've seen these fo- um a couple of uh, splash pages of uh, some of these folks in the pages of uh, Avengers previously. So and then the article just goes into um, the, this uh, Social Supreme mm-hmm so yeah next
1: Marvel reintroduces Jane Foster's Mighty Thor ahead of Thor Love and Thunder so uh announced via the Mary Sue the creative team on Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor comic book is going to be a five-issue miniseries released in June which is a month before Thor Love and Thunder arrives in theaters on July 8th um It's going to be written by Torun Grombeck and artist Michael Dowling. Grombeck has penned many of Jane Foster's adventures as Valkyrie across Valkyrie Jane Foster. Uh, King in Black, Return of the Valkyries, and the Mighty Valkyries. So, the cover of this by Ryan Stegman features Jane and Thor side by side once again with Jane wielding a cracked Mjolnir and Thor equipped with his father's lightning blade, the Odin Sword. The reason Thor is using the Odin sword is because the current arc of his solo title God of Hammer sees Mjolnir become sentient when, it possess- when it's possessed by the Mangog. Remember what I said when I was talking about the most recent issue of Thor? Mm-hmm. That they're
0: making it match the movie? Right. Totally right. Hmm. Also, um, lightsaber jokes. I'm just going to leave it right there. And you know what's funny? Before we move on it's a shame
1: because Jane as Valkyrie has been doing good work as the, you know, like they've been doing decent work with her character. I liked her as Valkyrie. So, you know, I understand why the, why they're bringing back the, the Jane as Thor character, but I hope they bring her, they, they restore her to being, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Valkyrie in the comics.
0: So I'm, so looking at this cover, I'm kind of curious about something. Um, we know she still has, she has her, her, all weapon, whatever I can't remember what it's called. I'm wondering if that's what's holding Mjolnir um, together. No, it's not. Okay, well, yeah. never mind. I'm not reading Thor, so I don't know. But right, right, right. I don't
1: want to spoil it. That's why I'm just like no. Okay, fair enough. Just in never. case, just in case you want to read this, I don't
0: want to spoil <laughs> it. Sure, um, but yeah, like like we said, they 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 tend to um, they they like to bridge the, the movies and the um, and the comics in ways that sometimes are not. Cool, not great, um, not necessary. I guess more more specifically, but mm-hmm. here we are. So yeah, and like you, I, I hope it is a temporary situation because yeah, because what they what they've been doing with her with you know with her, uh, with the Jane Foster's. with character.
1: the Valkyrie character, yeah, right. with the like something new, right? You know, even though we've had Valkyries before, this is a very
0: different Valkyrie, right? But shout out to uh, Tyrone Groanbeck, you know, because we have enough faith in her to know that it's probably going to be all right, whatever this is going to be. So Mm -hmm. cool. Uh, but next up, uh, alligator Loki gets his own comic book after MCU introduction. In fact, that, that, um, that has already started because I've seen it on um, the app. So for those who do for no alligator Loki from the Loki series, uh, may or may not be a Loki, (laughs) may just be an alligator with a Loki hat. Who knows at this point? Um, it says here that Asgard's favorite reptile has uh, made his Infinity Comics debut in the first of a new 12-issue Alligator Loki series, uh, which, like I said, is available exclusively on the Marvel Unlimited app. Uh, the, car- uh, the comic is written by Alyssa Wong, and um, I'm not surprised by that, uh, with art by Robert Quinn. And that's not to do Alyssa Wong, because I do like her stuff, but this this sounds like something <laughs> she would do. See which we want to write Uh, with art by Robert Quinn and colors by Pete uh, Pantazes. Pantazes, Um, my apologies, mess up his name. Uh, Again, first issue's out there now. The new chapter is releasing every other Friday on the app. More Greek names. I think that's pronounced Pantazes. Pantazes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, they they mind every place else. Why not Greek, Greece? Um. So, And this article kind of goes into uh, the story uh, that Alligator Lucky is going into, uh, which I will not read. You can do that for yourself in the show notes. Next up. Next
1: up, Gail Simone brings Jessica Jones into her own multiverse with The Variants. Jessica Jones will come face to face with several versions of herself in this new series by Gail Simone and Phil Noto. Arriving in June, Jessica Jones, meet Jessica Jones, as announced on ComicBook.com. The fan-favorite private investigator will find herself on a multiversal adventure in The Variants. Her too, huh? A five-issue yeah, no. limited series by legendary creator Gail Simone and artist Phil Noto. After taking on what seems to be a routine case, she will come face to face with several versions of herself, which will lead her to a question to question everything she thought she knew about her life and her choices. Uh, let's see here. Um did I did I mention the release date? It just says on sale in June. Okay, right.
0: So yeah, I saw Gail Simone's tweet about this before I saw this article. So I was like, well, you know, it's it's going to be amusing if, if anything else. But yeah, like you said, her too. We as so the reason why I assume eighty seven said that's because we've had a few of these happen. We, Miles Morales mm-hmm. is getting it doing it in his book. We uh, talked about the Gwen Stacy. Um, um, the Spider-Gwen one from, that started last week, and now Jessica Jones getting her own. Right. Uh, and this is probably just a way to incorporate what is now apparently
1: at least a version of an MCU Jessica Jones, like the Kristen Ritter character. Maybe they'll,
0: you know, translate that onto a comic book page. I think, I want to say they kind of started already. Well, no, no, not really. Because, yeah, they've been kind of skirting that line with that character at least the last couple of times I've seen her. So, yeah, you're probably right. So, we'll see. We will see. Uh, Exclusive Hulk versus Thor wraparound cover teases massive uh, uh, Marvel Universe destruction. Uh, So this is CBR can exclusively reveal a new wraparound variant cover uh, for Hulk vs. Thor banner of war crossover event, uh, which is coming up. Uh, The variant cover is created by artist Jeff Shaw and colorist Federico Blee. Uh, and this is for uh, Hulk vs. Thor, Banner of War Alpha, specifically, number one. Uh, the cover sees the two Marvel heroes facing off one another on two separate battlefields, one being the Bifoss Bry, Bridge in Asgard, and the other uh, appearing to be a CD that's likely somewhere on Earth with 616. And there is the cover, if for those watching the um, the video version of the program.
1: Next. Young Avengers reunion kicks off Marvel's Pride Month celebration. Marvel Comics is celebrating the LGBTQI plus community. Hey, I got that out in one breath. With a giant-sized one-shot titled Marvel's Voices Pride number 1, it's the second year that the publisher has showcased its LGBTQI plus characters and creators during Pride Month. Um, And some of the heroes featured in Marvel's Voices Pride will be the Young Avengers. So they're going to be on the main and variant covers and let's see here date date is there a date publishing date or is it just say june
0: um i do not see it, it doesn't give it doesn't give a, a publishing date does it not that i'm
1: seeing no okay yeah i'm scrolling through i don't see it okay yeah be on the lookout for what
0: it? chances are probably june yeah. Be on the lookout. Yeah, because this is all June um right, solicitation right. stuff. Right. Um Comicsology CEO Steinberger out and up at uh Amazon. So Comixology co founder and CEO David Steinberger is leaving his role to take on a new position at Amazon. Uh he revealed on Twitter. Uh quote unquote, I've been asked to if I'd like Did to Did you skip that. two stories? Uh not that I know of mm-hmm.
1: There's an amazing Spidey nine hundred and Marvel oh, releases Judgment Day
0: trailer. I, oh, I thought I had put those in. Crap. Okay. I was going to say skip them. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Well, well. No. Um. Shout out to Tim. He did a story on the, uh, the details of amazing, because we weren't going to go about that anyway. Uh, amazing, 9, uh, amazing Spider-Man 900 issue details revealed. You can read that in the show notes. And uh, as uh, Agent 70 said, uh, Marvel releases a uh, Dungeons Day trailer um, uh, that you can read in the show notes. So, next up, uh, you can take the one after the comments, I was thinking, that comes out, just because there's really not much else to that one. Uh <laughs> ah, JLA Avengers scalpers, high prices on Hero Initiative
1: benefit edition, and some sad news. Mm-hmm. As the JLA Avengers crossover reprint began to hit shelves last week and now this week, in honor of artist George Perez, some online scalpers took advantage and now are taking advantage of the situation by reselling the copies at an enormous high price. Enormously high price. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Three, four hundred dollars I've seen. That's a shame. That's yeah. I for, for those wondering, I know I did not get a copy.
1: William Bruce West, friend of the show, did get a copy. Oh, great for him. He posted it on he posted it on his uh, social media. I was like, "Hey, good for you, lucky," yeah.
0: Yeah. you know.
1: You know, we've already talked about it before. I don't, I didn't want it because I wanted other people to get it
0: because right. I have the, the two original versions. Yeah, yeah. My 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 shops around here didn't get that that many, which I'm not that surprised by. So yeah, I mean, they were going. I would just fast. say be patient. I would I would I would tell Roddy Cat, I would advise Roddy Cat to be patient. I
1: think eventually they're going to come out with a, a larger print run.
0: I want to believe that's the case, but I feel like they won't. But I'm I'm hoping you're right. Put it that way, I, I would like that to be the case. Uh, but yeah, so scalp don't buy from the scalpers because the money's not going where it needs to be going. Now I did see, uh, I believe there was one comic shop that put up an eBay um, eBay auction for it, and I'm going to assume that that is going that money's going for, you know, where it's it's uh, initially supposed to be going, which is the Hero Initiative. All these other right. they're not right i think I think the vast majority of the private auctions are are, are just going into people's
1: pockets. I think the most right. of the you know to confirm it obviously with the seller, but most of the comic book stores are are all operating under the same premise that they're going to be whatever whatever is the the, the cost that's bought you know whatever's paid above the cost of the book uh and shipping probably gets donated to the hero initiative mm-hmm Right.
0: that's the information I have right next up oh wait that's me um, DC announced first milestone initiative uh, talent program participants so DC Comics milestone media and Warner Media in collaboration with the financial services uh, company Ally announced the first class quote unquote of creators in the milestone initiative talent uh, development program uh, shout out to Sherilyn Eaton on Twitter by the way uh, and other folks Um, uh, which was announced last year during DC Fandom event. Uh, The program, which is a part of DC's Next Generation DC Talent Development Program, is designed to offer uh, intensive instruction as well as opportunities to a group of black and other minority storytellers. Um, The the participants will take virtual technical courses through uh, the Cooper School and attend an in-person seminar in the DC offices in Burbank. Uh, and the article goes on, t- uh, from there to, to go through, to, to talk about, um, uh, who's involved and, and whatnot. And also a list of, uh, participants, uh, uh, some names you may know, some, some, most of you may not know, but, uh, yeah. So shout out to them. That's cool. is a cool thing. Next up.
1: DC's non-binary Flash returns in new gender-bent Teen Justice series. Uh, This character, Gender Fluid Flash, also known as Kid Quick, is leading a team of superheroes in a new Teen Justice series that kicks off this June. Jess Chambers, DC's gender-fluid non-binary Flash from Earth-11, is making their return in a new Teen Justice series kicking off this summer. Um... So this is the future state flash that I'm not familiar with. Correct. We'll join the rest of the young heroes of earth 11 in a new multiversity team, just the series by Ivan Cohen, Danny lore, Marco Faia and Enrica, Aaron, and man. You got to love the fact that I do my best to pronounce these names. Pretty good. Um, let's see here. <laughs> now I'm looking for the publishing date on sale, June 7th.
0: Of course. In time, for pride. Um, Black Adam lands solo series ahead of uh, upcoming film. Uh, so DC Comics has announced that uh, writer Christopher Priest and artist Rafa Sandoval uh, and um, it says co- covert artist Erwin Rodriguez are teaming up together for a new Black Adam series uh, that will start in June. "Quote unquote," forgive the cliche, but I've rarely been as excited about a new project, according to Priest. Uh, so, who told this to DC? DC has provided an amazing opportunity for me to explore and, to some degree, reimagine this character in a very new light while bringing new challenges and consequences to a man who's lived far too long and is desperate for redemption. Uh, Rafa Sandoval brings palpable voltage to every panel, bringing out my Kirby Simonson big noise instinct. As uh, Rafa's gifts take me to places I never knew, uh, never know I wanted to go. My only regret is we only have 22 pages a month uh, for this, uh, From according to uh, Christopher Priest. You know, on the strength of it being him and the artist, I'm willing to check this out. That's all, that's all I can say for right now. I'm not that big on Black Adam, but we know the movies is coming, coming at some point, whether we want right. it or not
1: no I was about to say we're going to get lots of Black Adam we're already getting lots of Black Adam in like the Justice League I right. can't even read
0: that book right now it's, I'm just like oh, is Bendis still doing it? You know?
1: yeah Bendis is on mm-hmm. it and of course Naomi's got to play uh, a big role because that's his you know that's his baby girl
0: sure
1: and uh, uh, it also has to reflect um, the directions of the other DC books so like Hippolyta is the Wonder Woman and Black Adam is running around not for long and I'm right. like yeah but I'm just like oh okay I can't mm-hmm. read this. Um, yeah. nice DC's though. dark crisis is right around the corner. <sighs> <laughs> A
0: Man. dark crisis? Another crisis. Aren't all crises dark? I don't know.
1: Dark crises is right around... Crisis. Nah, nah, like, like, I'm already making it plural, right? <laughs> is right around the corner and things will shift into Overdrive after Justice League number 75. I think that's after this week's issue. Hmm. The fallout from the death of the Justice League is going to be massive and a new three-issue crossover with The Flash will not only deal with the absence of The League, but it will also deal with the search for Barry Allen in the Speed Force and whether or not he wants to be found in the first place. I have no idea what any of this means. All I know is that while he's running around as The Flash, I did not know that Barry was stuck in the Speed Force again.
0: Right. Oh uh, yeah! Apparently, at some point, yeah, I guess when the switch over from from whatever uh Joshua Williamson did, I guess Bear got lost, and now Bear Wally's back again, and because we saw him, and you know, I mean, obviously he was still be there regardless. If we've seen him in this week's Nightwing, but yeah, we he definitely took over as the Flash again somehow. I don't know either what the hell's going on. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Like I know a lot of people so like anything. I know a lot of people like Wally West but it just have to happen again.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, and it was it was weird reading Nightwing. I'm like, wait, wasn't Wally like just having a mental breakdown just recently? Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, are we back to like happy go lucky Wally already? What happened? Yeah, I don't even know, but yeah, I guess. That yeah, that didn't, didn't make any sense to me either. But I don't know. All right, you got next, and then I got the last story. Yep. Um, Image Comics' new anniversary series expands Radiant Black's massive, uh, massive verse. I actually, I'm curious about reading this, the that, that Radiant Black book. Um, I think Tim said he started it, but anyway, uh, Image Comics is celebrating 30 years with Image, and yes, the exclamation point is there. An anthology series that features a brand new uh, entry in Radiant Black's ever expanding massive verse. Uh, CBR can re- uh, exclusively reveal the preview of Shift, written by Kyle Higgins and illustrated by uh, Danielle de, de-, de-, de Núcleo and Walter uh, Bayamonte. uh and it goes into the story of um, of uh, what that uh, what that particular story is going to be. So, and if you're not up on the Radiant Black story, you don't know. So, I'm not even going to mention it. <laughs> Next up. All right,
1: last but not least, I didn't actually open the story. So the Schitt's Creek star um, announces debut graphic novel, Basic Witch. So this is from Emily Hampshire, and she's releasing her first graphic novel titled Amelia All uh, Amelia Iyerwood Basic Witch, with Z2 Comics this August. So, uh, Schitt's Creek star Emily Hampshire has partnered with Z2 Comics and co-writer Elliot Rayhall, former guest of the show, to create a new graphic novel called Amelia Iyerwood, Basic Witch. Hampshire, who played the character of Stevie on all six seasons of Schitt's Creek, is debuting her first graphic novel alongside Z2 Comics, Ray Hall artist Kristen Goodsnook from Hench Girl. You'll know her from Hench Girl. And making friends, and Amos Liu, Adventures of B, and cover artist Caitlin Rose, Boyle, and Liu. Uh, she's channeling my inner low key witch into Amelia Irewood, and it's been a pure joy, Hampshire told Z2 Comics. Creating a book like this was a dream I didn't know I had. The talent of the people I'm working with transcended my expectations. Okay, let's see on release date. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> Uh yeah, no release date. Yeah, so at some point, so cool. Be on the lookout for it. That's all we can tell you. It's this August. It's this August. Oh yeah, that's all we can. Right, because that was the top.
0: Uh, and that's it for the news section. We've got one last ad read. Our last ad read
1: of the night is for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today.
0: And that's it for this week's show. Thanks for each and every one of you uh, for coming out. Uh, we will be back next week per usual. I have been Cat. You can find me at Cat on Twitter. You can find me at Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBcaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop Net on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all those umbrella sites therein. <coughs> Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, the Osiris ish. Uh, also, you can find him on the Click Nation on Twitter. You can also find him on the CB Cron on Twitter, which is a Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. You can also find him over at comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. You can find us recording every Thursday night. Oh, excuse me. You can find us on the Coast of the Podcast Network, that's CSPN.us. dot U S. Do it today which I don't remember if I said that earlier. You can also find us on your podcast plays of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. You could also find us recording every Thursday night, uh, 9.30-ish p.m. on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, We've got Moonlight coming up the week after that, and, you know, more shenanigans, uh, uh, Star Trek, Picard, all that kind of goodness. Uh, so, with that, uh, this has been uh, the, the, the combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. Oh, my time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn. Good evening. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your